thank Tim and Nikki and the group of people that have met on a regular basis to put those together. They've had a lot of fun. I'm assuming that was fun. Um, I don't know, but I can imagine going to a buffet and watching them eat and do their thing, whatever they did, was fun. Um, But this week we are going to talk about fellowship. Uh, Acquaintance is the first one. Fellowship is the, the, the title. Nathan did it wrong. It's okay, Nathan. Um, but uh, no, we are talking about fellowship this morning. And if you've been with us for the last few weeks, we've, we've been going through a, a series, a sermon series on uh, worship as a lifestyle. And we've hit on a number of different things. And uh, from our very, very beginning, and I know I've repeated this every single week, but from our salvation to discipleship and prayer and personal relationship with God. And, um, and this week we're going to talk about fellowship. And I'll be honest with you, when I started thinking about fellowship, one of the things that I, I kind of thought I was going to get to do was just kind of do a cute little, you know, unity and fellowship and God loves us and we're supposed to love each other and be united as one and, and we're going to go forward and one of those kinds of services— And I was really pretty much blown away and smacked in the face really quickly as I got into studying what true fellowship is. And really what what fellowship at the heart of what it is really is. And we do a lot of things and they had some fun up there and they had fellowship in their evening of videotaping. They had laughs and they had food and they had more laughs and probably more laughs and I'm sure a lot of people were laughing at them. But... But fellowship, though it does include some of the things like, like was on the screen, food and hanging out with one another and getting pampered and guys getting their toenails painted, apparently that is something that they do. Um, but, but fellowship is a lot of those things. However, that is not really the heart of what fellowship is. Fellowship is not us doing a cool potluck It's not us on the 23rd of March men coming out here and grilling some steaks and having a good time of gorging ourselves with some food and meat and meat. No salads will be allowed that night, just so you know. Do not bring a salad. But but that's, though that is a part of what fellowship is, that is really not what fellowship is. The heart of fellowship isn't having a potluck dinner. It is so much deeper. And so this morning I want to, as really this was something that just kind of smacked me square in the face as I started studying, thinking that I was going to do this really cool, nice little, you know, the unity thing and God loves us and we're going to be united. And all of that is a byproduct of true fellowship. Unity, really as I did my study, unity is more of a byproduct of fellowship than it is just what we kind of call it. Oh, we're a unified body. We had a business meeting and everybody voted unanimously 100%. Now that doesn't mean we're unified. Unified, actually, if you really want to dig into it, and I hope this doesn't step on your toes, unity would be more that we didn't vote unanimously, but yet we got through it. Because in the end, we actually figured it out. We talked it out. We made it work. And though, and we did it properly. I don't know about you, but I grow a whole lot more when you tell me that I'm wrong than when you say you're right. I, that's just me. 
I have thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoy somebody saying, hey, um, you, you might not have wanted to do that. I don't like it at the time, but it makes me a better person. It allows me and it makes me respect you a whole lot more. And so as we get into fellowship, I'm going to read you a number of definitions. And really today is a lot of teaching. It's a lot of definition type stuff. But the, but the, the whole point of this, and I pray that we, and I've prayed through this, but I pray that we would leave here today going, I need to be better at fellowship. I need to love better. I need to participate more. I need to be a partner better. I need to share more. I need to do all these things which is inside of what fellowship is. And so we'll get through that here in just a second. But the definition of fellowship, and this is just like a Webster's definition online, but definition is condition of sharing similar interests, ideals, or experiences as by reason of profession, religion, or nationality. Another one is companionship of individuals in congenial atmosphere and on equal terms. A close association of friends or equals sharing similar interests. Fellowship by these definitions or by this definitions really kind of puts a lot of things together. It says that it's sharing interests, sharing ideals or sharing experiences. You guys go to work on a regular basis and you share interests, you share ideals, and you share, share experiences. Technically you're fellowshipping. I can fellowship with a lot of people. One of the things that, that I'll, based on this definition, that fellowship is, just the other day, I was doing something, I don't remember what I was doing, but I was walking. Somebody said, hey, Ohio State. I said, yay, go Buckeyes. They said, where are you from? I said, the Akron Canton area. They said, awesome, I grew up in North Canton. I said, hey, that's pretty cool. We grew up 10 minutes from, from each other. We had fellowship and a common interest based on our location in we kind of knew the same things. They had asked me the question, have you gone back recently? They asked me some other things and no and, and blah, 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 blah. And she's, oh, it's sad when you go back. There's this and this and this. And it's just not the same when I was growing up. But here's the point. I had no idea who that lady is whatsoever. But we carried on a conversation, fellowship, based on a common interest or a common thing. Do we do that here in this church? Yep. How many of you have came through those doors and shaken hands with, shooken, shaken, shaken hands with a, a person every single week and you leave going, what is that person's name? I've done it. I will say hello to somebody every single Sunday and when you go, hey, what is her name? I go, ah. Uh, um. Why? Because I have a common interest with them when they walk in the doors. We're both accepted Christ. We're Christians. We, we share a church together. Beyond that, I have no idea of anything about them. I have a very base level fellowship with most of you in this room. And so as we get into this study and we start talking about it, the next thing it talked about was with a companionship of individuals by profession, by religion, or by nationality. A lot of you have fellowship because of some of those things. I've seen some of you in this room communicate with somebody else in this room because you do something very similar at work. Maybe you work together. But you do something and you, you have a fellowship or a bond with that person strictly because of that, that thing. 
We know each other through religion. You know each other, you have fellowship based on, it says, nationality. And so we have all these different things. Let me go through what scripture talks about fellowship. Fellowship in the Greek is, is the word call, is called koinonia. And this is talking about a partnership, a contributor, helping, sharing, communion, spiritual fellowship. It is to hold something in common. The root of koinonia is koinos, which is to have something in common. And so again, if we have, if we have koinos, then we have a certain thing in common. This was used in those days within corporations, within labor guilds, within partners and law firms, intimate in marriage relationship. These are all different talks and things that were, were talked about throughout scripture of what fellowship is. And the things that jumped out at me when I started diving in and I started studying what fellowship was, was the thing of partnership, contributing, and helping and sharing. Fellowship is not me shaking Alan's hand every Sunday and saying, hey, how are you doing? Yes, I can do that. But fellowshipping is me being a partner with Alan, me depending on Alan. Listen, if we were to go into law and he and I were to start a law firm, again, it talked about that, I would have to have a great dependence on him and he would have to have a great dependence on me. When we look into this scripture, one of the things it mentioned there was a relationship with a husband and a wife. Listen, the fellowship that I have with my spouse has to be interdependent. I have to depend on her. She has to depend on me. We have to be a partner. We have to share things. We will commune together. We will do all of those things together because I'm fellowshipping with her. We didn't just have dinner together. Here's where we probably mess it up in the church. We fellowship because we have a cool little potluck. A few weeks back, we had 100 or so people here for the Super Bowl, and we ate some food, and we watched the game, and we came in here, we shared testimonies, we had a good time of fellowship together. But here would be my question. Inside of this room, who do you depend on? Inside of this room, who are you who are you communing with? Inside of this room, who do you have a partnership with outside of the people that are in your family that are sitting right beside you? Fellowship goes so much deeper than just going to have a potluck. Fellowshipping is me literally in dependence on Alan. I have to depend on him. He has to depend on me. Who do you depend on? Because my fellowship... In this room, oftentimes is wrong because it's not just a handshake and giving somebody a hug. Oh, I love you. It's not going out there and having lunch. It's me having the right fellowship with him, which gives me a desire with you. And when I depend on Alan and Alan depends on me and we work together and we do all these things together, guess what? There's naturally unity amongst that bond. And so we're going to go through that this morning, and I hope I just didn't give it all away in five minutes real quick there, but, but fellowship is a relationship that is dependent. And we often have a lot of that messed up in our churches. 
though we do have a good time of fellowship and though those guys had a great time making that video and they did fellowship and that's all a part of it, but dependence, fellowship is a relationship that is dependent. And this is just stuff that maybe you're like, duh, I knew this all my life. I apologize. I've just been enlightened over the last week or so as I've studied and how truly fellowship should be. But as we grow as a church, as we do all these things together as a church, it's going to take true fellowship, true dependence, true partnership, true communion, true spiritual fellowship. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, a very popular or famous set of scripture here. But in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, we see basically the body of Christ. And we're looking at this passage. We're going to read a number of scripture here. But, but as we look at this passage, it's the body of Christ. And one of the things that I love about this passage is the diversity within the body. If we look medically within our bodies, it takes all of the different diversities to make our bodies function. If you look within the church body, it takes all of the different diversities of, of, of this body to make this church function. It takes it all to fellowship together. It takes it all to partner together, to depend together in all of those things. So as we're at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, why don't we go ahead and stand? We're going to read this morning. I apologize, we've stood and sat and stood and sat, but we're going to stand and read scripture this morning. I hope that's okay with you. Um, but we will uh, responsive read this morning. I'll start with verse 12 and you go with 12, 13 and we'll go through um, verse number 27, I believe here. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are all they, now are they many members, yet, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. 
Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you for your, your word. I thank you for what's going on and taking place at this church. Lord, I pray that you be at this service now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. But as we look at this passage, and as we, I'm not going to go through and, and nail every single thing throughout this this morning, but as we look at this passage and you go towards the end, it says that there should be no schism in the body. And then in 26 it says, whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. But one of the things is I, the thing that just jumped out at me so much as I was studying this was just that part there. When somebody in this body hurts, do the rest of us hurt? And when somebody in this body is celebrating, do we celebrate with them? I think many times because of the lack of true fellowship, because of the lack of true understanding and knowing and depending and and partnering, we don't fully grasp it. And when somebody hurts, I don't hurt. And when somebody is celebrating, I'm not celebrating. It may not be because you don't like them. It may not be because of any of those things, but we don't even know because we don't know these people. I don't know half of you in this room. And it's going to be difficult. Obviously, I'm not going to intimately know each and every person in this room. But as we grow and as we fellowship and as we do all these things, I should celebrate when you have something to celebrate. And I should hurt when you're hurting. And as we look into this, I've got three very, very, really I kind of almost made it into a friendship type of a thing with our fellowship within our body. But the first one I did was acquaintance. We all have acquaintances. I go places that I know people, and that's about the extent of my understanding. I have acquaintances. Most of, we've said this, I've taught teenagers forever that the majority of the kids that you're with in school, you'll be an acquaintance with for, you'll never talk to them again. You may see them at a reunion, or you may see them, things like that, but we all have that. Most of your work relationships would be this. It's an acquaintance. Some of you may have closer relationships at work than others, but for the majority of us, our, our acquaintances are, it's something that we do at work. And I'm going to look at the, to a word here within Scripture. I'm, I'm actually using some Greek because I've become a scholar lately. Not really at all, but, um, but I'm, just, I'm going to dive into a couple different things. And, and as you really, as I've studied, it's just... It's just kind of blowing me away. But this word that I'm going to look at is sunergos. Sunergos. It's another word. Basically, it's related with fellowship. And just like in our language, we have synonyms, things that are, they correlate and they all kind of put things together. This sunergos is a a word that, that talks about this. It's a fellow worker or associate or a helper. Somebody that is a helper to me. Somebody that is an associate to me. Somebody that is an, a, a fellow worker to me. Inside of our church, part of me thinks we should have, one, we, we need this. This is very good. I should depend on you. You should be a helper and a worker with me. We should be associates. But I shouldn't just know you as that. I would love to get deeper. The desire of fellowship to get deeper, that we know each other more, that we're more dependent in all those things. But as we look at this, all throughout Scripture, there's a number of different passages. In, in uh, Romans chapter 16, I'm going to read a couple passages there. But in Romans chapter 16 and verse number 3, it should be on the screen. But it says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers. 
in Christ Jesus. In 16, in verse number 9, it says, Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved. There's, again, Paul is speaking, or when they're speaking here, he's praising these people and he's saying, hey, greet them. These were helpers of mine. These were people that helped me. Paul had a number of helpers throughout his ministry. But he had people that were not just helpers. He had people that were very close in his fellowship. I was talking to somebody just the other day. We were sitting right back in there. And that there is, Paul had to have had a group of people that were traveling with him pretty regularly. It wasn't like everywhere that he went, he grabbed and and found a new group of people. He had a group of people that were with him, that he fellowshiped with, that he communed with, that he depended on, that, that all of those things, and some of that we talked about last Sunday night. But he also had people like this that were his helpers, that he met maybe in the different towns or the different cities that he went into, but they were helpers of his. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, in verse number 23, it says, Whether any do inquire of, of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you or our brethren be inquired of. They are the messengers of the church and the of the churches and the glory of Christ. Again, our helpers. In uh, Philippians 2, in verses 25, it says something very similar. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. Again, he was a helper. He was a companion. He was a laborer. In 4, in verse number 3 there in Philippians, it said, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and with other my fellow laborers. But again, it's talking about people that he worked with, people that, that, he, that were helpers to him. Helpers share interests, ideals, and experiences. Again, if we go back to the very, very beginning when I, I read the definition, sharing similar interests, sharing similar ideals, and those types of things. Sad but true, many of us in this room, that's the, that's the depth of any of our relationship. That's the depth of our fellowship inside of this, this body of Christ. Is that maybe you'll come down on a Saturday and help clean, or maybe you'll do something, but, but there is no greater depth to any of those things it, than, than that of, a, of a, our fellowship is, is, I know it's kind of a generic term, but just an acquaintance. There's nothing more than that. There's nothing greater than that within that. How many of us, Again, do we come through these doors and say hello to, but we have no idea who their name is? I shared this, I think it was last week, that, that my experiences with certain people bring a bond that's closer than with other people. Based on work, based on ministry, based on whatever that would be. But this morning, and, and this, is, this is very basic, but let me, let me ask you this question. Who in here are you dependent on? Who in here are you just barely an acquaintance with? You see him across the room and you kind of say hello to him. Who in here that would you say, man, my, my fellowship really isn't that great. It's really not that deep. I challenged us last week as we talked about prayer that we would pray one for another. I pray hopefully this week that that challenged you that you did that. Maybe you got on your knees this week a little differently than you did, but who are you praying for? Listen, when I want my fellowship to grow because I care about you, because I become dependent on you, because you become dependent on me, my prayer for you changes. 
my actions and attitude towards you and for you change based on all of those things. Secondly, is this, friends. You have your acquaintances, the people that you go to work with, the people that you do those things with. Then you have your friends. People that you know greater, a little bit deeper. There's more of a relationship there. This word here is metokos. Sharer, partner, associate. We have fellowship in a greater detail or a greater manner with this person. We allow them to get a little bit deeper into our lives than what we just talked about with that sunargos. But metokos, that we would have a greater friendship. There's a little bit deeper. It, goes, it takes this a little bit deeper into, into that relationship. In Luke chapter number 5, it says this. In verse number 7 in Luke chapter 5, it says, And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Here's, here's what I... If you look into this passage, and I know it's talking about the disciples being called and the boats being filled, but what did they do? They called upon who? Their friends that could help them. When I'm hurt, who do I call upon? Do you call upon your acquaintances? No. I call upon the people that I have a greater relationship with. I call upon the people that are, that are it's a little deeper in that relationship. I call because why? Because I become dependent. I'm dependent on people that I call. If I am hurting and I call you, I trust you, I respect you, I depend on you, my relationship is different. I'm not calling many of my acquaintances when I'm in deep, dire help or, and I need something. I'm not doing that. I go to the people that what? that I depend on. I go to those people because they're my partners, they're my associates, they're the people that are closest to me. And they're my friends. They're those that in fellowship that we, we have that relationship with there. In Hebrews chapter three and verse number one, wherefore holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Again, our, our a brethren, a partaker of heavenly calling. He was somebody that worked with us. He was that, that, that person there. And there's a number of different passages throughout here, but, and this is really a pretty short point this morning, but within our friendships, within our fellowship, as we start to dive in, as we start to look at these different things within fellowship, my dependence, my friends I depend on, my partners, my associates, those are people that I depend on. Who in this room is that to you? Who is the friend that you have? Who is the person that you have a closer fellowship with? And, and how and why and, and, and what is that? And the last point, and we're going to be done a little bit early this morning. How about that? The last point is a confidant. But I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this one, but... But as we look at this word right here, and as we talk about fellowship, this is really kind of taking fellowship to the deepest part of what we want. I have very, very few confidants in my life. You have very, very few of them in your life. 
that would be your spouse. That would be somebody that knows pretty much everything about you, that no matter what you call them at three in the morning, whatever it would be, you call them, you contact them. There's a love, there's an intimacy, there is something there that has brought you two together, or you three, or whoever that would be. But this word that I'm going to look at is phylos, dearly loved in a personal or intimate way, trusted confidant, a close bond of personal affection. I would say that this is pretty much the ultimate fellowship. Again, we're not going to have that with everybody in this room, and I understand that. But as I dove in, as I started looking at this this thought of fellowship, and I started taking notes and, and studying through this, the things that jumped out at me was dependence, was partnership, was love, was all of these things. When we look in Scripture, what does God say? It talks about they will know us by how we love one another. My unity, the unified body, people outside will know our unification or will know how much we're unified, will know all of those things by what? By the way that we love one another, by the way that we speak to one another, by the way that we share with one another, Why? by how we're partners within here. What happens when the outside world comes in here and it's cold? No handshakes, no hellos, no hugs, no all of those things. People look at the church and they go, huh. That's not what I want. I can get that anywhere. You expect something different when you walk into this door. You expect it if it weren't this church, it was just somebody else's church. You expect something to be different inside of the walls of the church house. And if it's not, you go and you go, ah, that's, there was something that wasn't right there. And most of you will find somewhere else to go. Love, compassion, companionship. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 says this. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse number 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. What is that? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion, or all of those things would come together. That communion is the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Listen, we have to have that to show to the outside world that we're a little bit different. The love, the fellowship inside of this body. Philippians 2, verses 1 and 2. This is one of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture here. But if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be what? Like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. All of that stuff comes together. All of that takes place based on what? God's love, God's comfort, God's grace. That our joy would be filled. That we would be like-minded. The only way that we're able to do that, church, is through Christ, is through love, is through grace, is through His mercy. It's through when we fellowship with one another. It's those things that allow us to be unified. And as we look at this last thing here, of, in the last point here, and we start talking a little bit about love, and we start looking at some of these things, it's not about a potluck. Fellowship is not about a potluck. 
If you go back to the first century church and you go back, even, even, don't even go back to the first century. Go back a hundred years. The church was what kept the community together. We didn't have government programs too long ago to where if you needed food, you went to the government. If you needed something, the church was in the, in the community and the church was what was dependent upon most of the time, that's what the church was for. The church would come in and the church would give. The church would help. The church would, and when you need, even today, guess what? When people need help, who do they call? The church. And I'm not saying that all those programs are bad. That's not what the point is. But the, the point is, this community should be able to depend on the churches inside of this community. But do you know the only way that the community can depend on the church inside of the community is if the church depends on the church. That means you depending on you and me depending on you and you depending on me. That's us loving each other. That's us partnering together. That's us being what we are supposed to be. Because if we're not what we're supposed to be, they don't want us. And the problem is they don't want us. Because why? My fellowship is not right So when they look at me, they look and they go, they don't even have it right. So why do I want to go? And I get that this church and every other church across this country and any country in the world is not perfect. I get it. I'm not trying to get to that point. That we're going to be a perfect place. We're not. If you're a visitor, I'm sorry, we're not perfect. Apologize. But man, I want to do a couple things right. I want our fellowship to be pure. I want our fellowship to be that you depend on one another. I want our fellowship to be that I can partner with you, that I can trust in you, that we can go down the road a little bit more. And when I have a hurt, when I have a problem, when I have a need, I don't need to go to my next door neighbor who I barely know. I can go to you because you're the church, because I depend on those that I fellowship with, that I love, that I care about, because you Do that for me. That is what fellowship is. That is what we're missing inside of our churches. That is the study that has completely rocked me this week. Because it's not potluck dinners. That is a small part of what fellowship is. Part of that fellowship It's all of those things. It is a potluck dinner because I get to know you. It is a March 23rd because we're going to have steak and we're going to eat together. It is going bowling with a group of people. It is going to our house and going to your house and doing those things. Yes, that's a part of it. But it's all of those things that bring me to the point where, man, I depend on you. You are my partner. I care for you. You care for me. I care for your family. You care for my family. You know what? There is nothing greater to me than to know if something were to happen to me or my wife or somebody were to go to the hospital or something were to happen, I know of people in this church that I could call right now that they would come and drop everything to pick up my kids and do something that they needed to do. And I would hope that some of you would feel the same way about me. That if something happened and you... Aaron, can you get my kids... I have to run to the hospital. I have to do this. 
Why? Because that's where true fellowship is. That's the dependence on this body. And yes, I understand some of you have family and those things that you would call, but the point inside of this is, do I depend? Do I partner? Are you really a partner of Oasis Baptist Church? That makes you stop and kind of do a gut check. Am I a partner? Am I dependent? Do they depend on me? Do I depend on them? Can I ask you this? Do you depend on me only because you come here on Sunday morning and you want me to give you something good? If that's you, you're not my partner. And I'm sorry, I know that's the majority of churches in America, but you're not my partner. You're not my confidant. You're not the person that I'm coming to. You're the person that's gonna be my acquaintance that I say, hello, how are you? It's great that we believe the same, but thanks, but no thanks. I'm sorry, but that's reality. I need you to be a partner of mine just like you should want me to be a partner of yours. I want to do everything I can within this church to help you raise your kids if you have children. But if you think the partnership is that I'm going to raise your kids for you, you're wrong. That's your job. That's my job. The church is to partner with you to raise your kids. Fellowship isn't, I feel like it just got really quiet, I'm sorry. (laughs) Fellowship is not, hey, I have a really good church and they sang some good songs. They fed me, I go to get fed at church. No, go home to get fed all week long. Come here to worship and praise God. This is a place to assist your life and to bring people in to have life change. So, are you here today and you're not gonna be next week because the drums were too loud? Are you here today and you're not gonna be next week because I yelled at you? Are you here today and you're not gonna be next week because the carpet changed? Are you here today and you're not gonna be next week because of whatever those things are? Because that's the problem in American churches is you don't like me because I just said something you didn't like, so now you're gonna go down the road and you'll go there for the next two years and then they're gonna upset you, then you're gonna go down the road and you're gonna go there for the next two years until they upset you. That's not fellowship. That's entertainment. Fellowship is partnership. Fellowship is dependence. Fellowship is loving. Fellowship is trusting and caring and sharing and you trusting in me and me trusting in you. And when we do that, this church, the the community will depend on us. We won't depend on the community. And that's how it should be. Las Vegas should depend on Oasis Baptist Church. Las Vegas should depend on Whatever other churches that are in this valley, why? Because that's why we're put here to reach the community so that the community could see something different in us. 
I shouldn't hate the churches down the road because they have a different name than me. I should partner with them because they're reaching people for the cause of Christ. But what we do is we say, I don't like them because they do something different than we do. Listen, let me read this and then we'll wrap this up. Fellowship isn't being in or being part of, but it is doing with Christ. It is our partnership with Christ fulfilling God's will. It is me partnering with Christ. I know that maybe sounds strange, but it's me partnering with him, doing the will of my Father as we go forward. Listen, here's my desire and here's my whatever on fellowship this morning. It wasn't to hurt your feelings because I probably did somebody. It's me to grab Alan and then it's to come over here, and I forget your name, sorry. Woody. It's to grab Woody. And it's to go from person to person to person and saying, hey, partner with us as we do the will of God going forward. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. If Alan and Woody and everybody and everybody and everybody and everybody, if I do that, I'm going to look like a complete buffoon because I'm going to lose everyone's name. But if we do all of that stuff and we as a body partner together. Because listen, Alan and Woody, I guarantee you, they are completely two different people. Guaranteed. We just read 1 Corinthians 12, right? Alan may be the eye, he may be the big toe. That's a bad analogy. You're the ear. You're the toe. But listen, without one or the other, we hurt. And if the eye can't depend on the ear, <laughs> we're affected. It affects us. Church, I'm done. Can I ask you this? One, I hope you learned something. But fellowship, where is it? It's not a potluck, though that's a part of it. It's me actively doing with Alan and Woody and everybody else that will partner with us doing the will of God as we move forward. That is what fellowship is. Will you partner with us? Will you fellowship with Oasis Baptist Church, with every head bowed and every eye closed. This morning as we dug in, as we looked into this thought of, of fellowship and unity and the byproduct of fellowship and true fellowship is that we have true unity, is that we commune together, is that we love together, is that we we do more for the cause of Christ. Why? Because we are unified that we're dependent on the person that's next to us. And so this morning, I don't know exactly how this reached out to you. But my question is this. This series has really been more geared towards those that are Christians. A lot of people really just our church. Going into some of the basics of, of what church is. Can I ask you, church, are you really a partner of Oasis Baptist Church?
Are you really a partner of this place? Do you depend? Does somebody depend on you? Maybe you would say, I I need to get deeper. I need that relationship. I need somebody. But fellowship this morning, it just rocked my world this week. That I need to be more dependent on others. That I need to have a partnership with, with you and you with me. That I need to love a little bit greater in order that we would be a unified body moving forward. And so this morning, I don't know how exactly that reached out to you. But are you a partner? Is somebody dependent on you? Are you dependent on somebody?